0: Yo what's up everybody this is your boy John Patrick and thank you all for tuning in tonight because tonight is going to be amazing. So before we get started just a quick couple of things make sure if you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel you go out and you subscribe right now and then also click on the notification button so you can be notified when we upload new videos and when we go live every Monday at 7 p.m central standard time. If you haven't followed us on Instagram and TikTok, make sure you go out. We are the Dope Ass Dude Podcast on both Instagram and TikTok. So make sure you go out and do that. And then if you haven't gotten the shirt of the month, Make sure you go out to dopeasdude.com forward slash shop and get that shirt while supplies last. So I'm really excited about tonight because this guy that is on the podcast, he is an amazing just being just a person all the way around. I've been following him on Instagram for a couple of years, and this guy has always been inspirational to me because he just he exudes everything that I hope to be, you know, later in life or whatever, or right now, actually right now in life. So he is just an amazing guy, has so much swag, and um, he never meets a stranger. And that's one thing I love about him. Um, he is just this phenomenal guy, and I am extremely, extremely excited to have him on here and introduce him to you all and we're going to go ahead and bring him on out here and thank you guys before we get started thank you for being patient we had a couple of little snags back backstage but we are up and running now and i can see art back there smiling hard so happy to have him on here what's up art
1: what's going on man thanks for having me on i really appreciate it
0: yes sir and i'm going to introduce everybody of course know i respect what dr fields does so i don't you know minimize that so i'm gonna call him dr fields because this guy has over the past couple of months he has been very instrumental in my life and i can text this good dude and i tell you he gives like the most brutal i mean most people say i'm brutal like i am compassionate Compared to this guy here, he is like, but he gets you in line. And that's one thing I love about him. So, Dr. Fields, tell us about you, man, and what you got going on.
1: I'm current, well, I just retired from D.C. public schools after 25 years working there. In my last position, I served as the chief integrity officer for the city, which for me was the culminating event. It allowed me to use all of my skills as an advocate, an educator, a therapist. So it just brought it all together. I'm currently working with groups of male educators and excuse me, BIPOC male educators. And for those who don't know, that's black indigenous people of color. And I'm working with them through in schools across the district of Columbia and ensuring that people understand the value of having men of color in your building and they're not your bodyguards. A lot of times black men that work in education, if they're not the principal, they're seen as the bodyguard, the the hold the children down. And really for me, That becomes a re-education of the other people in the building around classroom management, and and they're not utilizing these men the way they should be utilized. So that's what I'm doing right now, working with groups of men across different schools, teaching them their work, but at the same time, working with their non-African American or non-people of color staff to teach them, you better treasure this value that you have in your buildings.
0: Oh wow. Wow, that is amazing. So, let, let let's just address one thing. So you said you just retired after 25 <laughs> years. So aren't you look yeah, like absolutely. you? So did you start teaching at 15, man, You're like <laughs> you like this genius? Right. Yeah, like. <laughs> dude, you like look 40. So like 25 <laughs> years and you already retired? I mean,
1: 25 years in education, more than that actually working. I actually also served in the Air Force. For four years. I mean, you happen to know my age. So, you know, I'm 57. I'll be 58 in November. Looking forward to it. As my mother would say, you're growing bolder, not older.
0: <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. And, okay, so I know y'all all out there, your j- jaws are dropped. Because this brother is 57 and, like, looks 37. And I'm not, <laughs> like, fibbing on him or anything like that. This dude looks freaking amazing and that's one of the inspiring things about you art because I mean Dr. Fields one of the most inspiring things is because I see you on social media and I've talked to you and it's like you are bold in who you are and I love that you're not getting older you're getting bolder I mean because you live that I mean you live that through your pictures and then just through your interaction have you always been that way?
1: Um, I think there's an evolution for everyone. It'd be easier and definitely sounds better if I said I was always that way. But uh, actually, no, it's an evolution. And I think the um, bolder or older, whichever term you decide to use, because being old is a good thing because you either get old or die young. Um, You learn your who you are and you learn what works for you we all have trial and error and lord knows i look back at pictures that will never go on my ig page but um you absolutely just learn who you are and you reach an extreme level of comfort i think once you hit 40 and then by the time you hit 50 which is where i am now you're like okay this this works for me there's certain things that could come back in art's never doing them you know and and when i start referring to myself in this third person that's really a problem but it's never gonna happen i don't (laughs) care how in style it is i'm not going back down that street we already did it
0: (laughs) wow wow so i mean i mean because you know that is like hard for some people and even for me sometimes to be cozy or comfortable in your own skin because you you know you look at social media and then you do see other people and they're doing this or they look this way so it brings about all of these insecurities you know within yourself so do you you know ever experience that are you just like hey this is me i'm
1: I don't think there's anyone who doesn't experience insecurities, but insecurities are an opportunity to visit the nature of them and determine how you flip that around. But I also definitely would never advise anyone to use social media <laughs> as an example of I laugh because it's so funny to me an example of how people are actually living. I mean, let's let's really I mean, we no one should or I believe they should post anything that's not at that moment the best of them i don't get folks crying and telling you their business on social media thus it starts with the word social okay so keep it real social and if you have things that exist in your life which many of us do that are not so social you should seek your good friends your family or therapist that should not be where you decide to put it out there because 90 percent, and i hate throwing out numbers as a Somebody with a PhD. We just don't do that. We're big on like it being grounded in theory. But ninety yeah. percent <laughs> of the people on there do not care that you have a problem. Notice when you put problems versus other things, how many likes you get. Sometimes you get more for problems because folks like misery, so they real happy. You real sad, so don't give them that. Find you a. Um, maybe not me. Find you a delicate ear, because <laughs> John says I'm not so delicate. Find you a delicate ear and go from there. Yes, but not social media. Please don't. Don't put your problems on social media. If you're not feeling like you look your best that day, don't go on social media. You know, pray, meditate, exercise, drink some water, but don't post on it. social media that day.
0: Yeah, that may not be the best thing, but I mean, and I know Art, he just made mention of me saying he's not that delicate. And trust me, you know, you got to have tough skin with Dr. Fields. You got to have like real tough skin because here recently, it was one day I reached out to him and I was just like saying, hey, blah, 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 blah. And his brother just like went in. And I was like, whoa, whoa. And I'm thinking like, I'm kind of sensitive today. I'm a little flower today. And this brother like ripped me to shreds. But after he finishes with that, it was just like, it was truth. And I think most times in life, we want the beautiful. And I always, people ask me a question. And sometimes I, I do reply, do you want the truth or do you want something beautiful? And, you know, because Beautiful makes you feel good. Truth makes you change and think about what you are doing, and that's what you do, art. And I mean, Doctor Fields, I'm having struggling doing that, but that's what you do. art. Yeah, that's what you do. But it's one thing I definitely want to talk about, and I just dropped it. But I want to talk about this. <laughs> This, 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 this. So everyone that's out there, this is Dr. Fields' book, Um, I Respect Difference, and it is an amazing children's book. And Dr. Fields, I must tell you the illustrations in here, Taisha. I think it's her name. She did an amazing job. Yes. Amazing job. I mean, Mm -hmm. and it would, it depicted, I mean, because most of the kids, well, the kids in here are minorities. So it Mm -hmm. depicted them in an amazing way. And the teacher, it was just beautiful. And the message is phenomenal. What inspired you to write this?
1: Um, Well, I wanted to get back to a place where I'm going to speak for me because I don't know how old everyone is that's listening and but I'll say us because you're closer to my age is when a place when. Books were written and you were excited to read the next book. So my big thing was to write a series of books. So that book that you're looking at is one of five. The second book has already been written because each book is a character build out. And the books is written based on social emotional learning and ideally just wanting people to be nicer people and accept each other for their differences. And acceptance does not mean you agree but except this means i'm going to be in a place where i'm not going to try to cause you any harm because of something that may be different. No one has to agree with everything. I'm a strong believer in that. You you can vehemently based on whatever beliefs you have just not fundamentally agree with some things and that's okay. But you don't have the right to try to make someone's life miserable because you don't agree with something. So you agree to disagree in a more informal way and you leave the people alone. And that's that. You don't have to be an advocate for it, but you don't have to also be this person that's trying to bring people down and making them feel bad for who they may be. So that's why the book was written. The book was written for children, but it was really written for adults because most adults read the books that they allow their children in their lives to read. So they're not going to just hand a book over in most cases to a child, especially at that level, because my book is elementary. They're going to want to know what their child is reading. And and if you're like me, i read every book my son read because ideally I wanted to make sure he really read it. (laughs) So uh, with all of that, A lot of lessons have come to adults through the book because there's a lot in it to make you think. I've had adults take the book and use it for wine sips because it creates conversation. And um, so that's actually why I wrote the book.
0: Yeah. And it's like like you said, it is a great conversational piece because, I mean, like I said, when I read it and you wrote it in such a manner that a kid could read it and completely understand it. But the message is so big. I mean, the message is enormous in the book. I mean, even from the teacher to just the difference of the kids and how Mm -hmm. you narrated and, you know, threaded everything so beautifully in there. I mean, it's amazing. And then I I I really liked the line where you said... Although I Respect Difference it's a children's book, kids at heart will enjoy the sweet tale too. Understanding begins the conversation. It's my prayer that the conversation starts now. I mean, that was like very, very well read. So, I mean, what, what type of feedback do you get from this? Because it's like amazing. I mean,
1: yeah. Well, you know, what's so interesting to me is the people that I think might not like the book, love the book um they want to have conversation about the book and i'm not going to give the book away because if anybody's interested they can hit me up at my email and they can purchase a signed copy because if i tell you the book it won't be as exciting i say that not only the that besides you know obviously i want to promote my book but um some of the people who I think would be more stuck in their ways are very open to hearing about the book and it's enlightening to them. I think what happens oftentimes when you represent what might be deemed a subculture of sorts, you are overly sensitized to what might be asked of you, but you have to allow people to ask the questions and not assume because someone's asking you a question, they're trying to be funny or they're saying from an angle of sarcasm, you have to truly allow people to ask. You so that's what the book has allowed people to do with me and all of my book signers. I've had book signers across different States. Um, a lot of them think Nordstrom's I definitely have to shout Nordstrom's out. I've done several at Nordstrom's. I'm not so, um, and people come up to me, hundreds, like grandma, grandmothers and nanas, and they're talking with me and everything. And they're like, what? What's in the book? Like I read a little bit of the book because I always have a sample out. Then it creates a really good conversation. So I've been very appreciative of that. I've used the book across schools, too, to educate teachers on how to treat students so it's become a conversation piece across um different schools mostly in the district of columbia as um teachers work towards being more equitable um respecting difference understanding the diversity of not only the students that come into their classroom but the adults that come in their classroom so um those are ultimately my goals so i'm like extremely happy with how the book is doing
0: Right. And okay. So, and we, we spoke on evolution a little bit earlier and I mean, you're just like this world changer, you know, you're impacting the world, like the groups that you work with and the books that you, that you've written and one, the ones that are future to come. Like, have you always known, like, I mean, do you think this is your calling or your purpose? Or is this just one of the many things that you're just like passionate about and just you know, injecting into the world and changing people's minds and so forth?
1: Well, it's interesting. Um, Growing up, I actually wanted to be a pastor. Then I wanted to be a lawyer. So so all of these careers kind of intersect because my first love is advocacy, ideally. And I do believe I minister through a lot of the work that I do, you know, just across people about just being a nicer and better person. But yeah, my first desire as a child was to be a pastor just because you know pastors are held at high esteem they get the nice robe you know <laughs> they get to stand in front of everybody so I was like I'll become a pastor and uh but then um, initially like I said then I was going to become an attorney and me falling into um education was just um what God had intended for me because I went to work for um an educational foundation just under the premise of wanting to study for the law exam and got hit by the ed bug and the social service bug um, and became a therapist and then um, went back and got my PhD because of just divine intervention because it was definitely not my plan. My plan was to be a criminal attorney. Um, I just loved watching criminal shows. I was like, oh, I'm going to be an attorney because I just want to say, you're out of order. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Oh, hey, they wear a robe, too. So, hey, there you go. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Indeed. Wow.
0: <laughs> well, and this, I mean, I love because one thing that I am like super big on, Dr. Fields, is divine intervention and divine connections. And because I, I tell people all the time, God has proven himself in my life to be strategic mm-hmm. with where mm-hmm. he placed me at the right time with the right people. And sometimes you just have to be quiet, and listen and still and allow what his plan is. And you just said something about divine intervention, you know, is this the only place that you've seen a divine intervention in your life or are there other places that you're just, you know, it was God's hand there.
1: Oh, I, I constantly know it God's hand from in, in just the full spectrum of my life, be it relationships, um, gaining wealth be it writing books be it educational be the friends that i'm surrounded by I have the most amazing circle of friends i tell people it's just truly a blessing my family my sister who will fight somebody for me to this day and she's a professional believe me but she's not professional when it comes to somebody doing anything <laughs> to me so no all jokes aside i've been extremely extremely blessed throughout my life and it's only the grace of god you know and the hard work of parents that wanted the best for me which they were guided by god so it's just i'm you know you they say um kids get blessings from praying grandmothers, you know, so it's just the blessings that have come my way and my sister's way and even my mom's way and my dad's way when he was alive. So it's just all a blessing from, and all these were grounded in grandparents and great grandparents that were lovers of God. So I continue to believe I reap the benefits of all of those prayers and
0: blessings. Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. And let's go ahead and let's shift a little bit to you being a therapist. How, how, Did you know this is the direction you were supposed to go?
1: Um, Well, I was always given therapy or maybe it was just my opinion. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, but no, all jokes aside, but yeah, I was. (laughs) (laughs) But um, no, it's similar to like I was saying um, earlier, I was, I actually stumbled on it. Didn't Never thought about becoming a therapist. Definitely wanted to be an attorney. Stumbled on it um, once I got hit by the educational bug. And there's many pieces to education, a lot more to it than just teaching. And when I started, I was actually working with children with disabilities. So, you know, they get a lot of interventions from social workers, occupational therapists, physical therapists. So there's a whole multi-disciplinary team that surrounds them and watching the work of the therapist was exciting to me and it connected to me it didn't feel like work and i've always said i wanted to find things to do that could make me money that didn't feel like work and so i was just drawn to that i'm i believe that if you have your mental health you can do anything there's no there's people right now who don't have their men, mental health but they're millionaires they would give up millions for your mental health because you cannot do anything if you're not stable um so for me i just wanted to figure out how i could support people around what could potentially be episodic or potentially be long-term concerns that they would have but most of my work has been around large-scale what they call macro helping organizations understand the importance of mental health ensuring they provide a support to the customers or their employees, because it's extremely important. It's sad when you get to a place where you can't tell someone that I'm in pain and I don't mean physical pain, which it could feel like physical pain if it's mental pain and not be seen as this is a problem or this is a weakness or something like that. So mm-hmm. for me, I wanted to figure out how to port around those types of things when they were happening in the industry.
0: Wow. And that's, that's you know, that's amazing that you say that. And most people know, if you read my blog, I just shared in one of my blogs that I recently have started seeing a therapist. And I used to be like, what you just described Dr. Fields. I thought, you know, Oh, you know, it makes you look weak if you go see a therapist or you people are going to perceive you to be crazy or whatever the case may be. And like you said, you know, the, the one thing I realized is that, It really is sad when you are going through things and you can't talk to someone about it. And most times we don't feel comfortable speaking with our family or our friends because we are held in a place where most people think we're strong and that we have it together all the time. So is that like the biggest hesitancy you think people have in regards to therapy?
1: I think um, the biggest hesitancy, I think it's similar to what you said, is ideally the feeling that you actually need help. You know what I'm saying? And I often talk to people about the fact that everyone should be in therapy all the time. And so you really would never be in what we call crisis because you would already have the coping mechanisms by the time you co- go. But most people don't go to therapists until they actually are in some type of episodic crisis of sort. Where, like, I need it now because I feel like I'm quote unquote about to lose my mind of sorts. And that's not a real technical term, but it's something that people can relate to. Um, so that's when they go. But if you start off therapy or when you're feeling great and just see this mm. as an opportunity to grow and an opportunity to develop, you will have limited crisis because you've already identified what triggers are for you and what could potentially make you not feel your happiest or satisfied or the most gratification. But if you, but to your point, when I'm talking to people and especially African-American men, it's this feeling of weakness. It's this, um, I don't want it's secret it's the secret behind it it's I can't seek help you know so that becomes the biggest hurdle to get past you know cuz even as I have conversation with people everywhere about therapy in the gym in the supermarket it just comes up you know and um it's always this. Oh, no, no, nothing's wrong with me. People always say that. Oh, nothing's wrong with me. I said, there probably isn't. There is nothing wrong with you. Yeah, but you should say so therapy is just a good thing to add into your life. Your mental health is as important as your physical health. If you think about drinking water, you have to also exercise your mental health. You have to exercise your feelings, all of that. So that's the process I try to take them through to understand you can do this. I'm a therapist and I have a therapist. You have to have a therapist, okay? So, like, if I could get anything across, especially my people, and I'm very selfish when it comes to my people, and that's where I'm going to land. I'm looking for black people to get therapy so we can be at our best. When all we have to do every day, we need some place to place that. We need someone to help us process that. And there's nothing wrong with that. You could be existing in this place where you're the boss at work and doing, and I was, and that's not bragging, I was, you know, but sp- you still. Still need someone to talk to, and that's not your pastor if he's not a therapist. That's not mm. your good friend who loves you, and d- they're gonna pretty much uh, even if they like me, who gonna lay it out for you, right? I still don't do therapy on my friends. For one, it's a conflict of interest. I still ever tell them, go get a therapist. I'm not giving you therapy, plus so i just i'm telling you my advice generally to them is when i hear so you should go why don't you consider talking to a therapist bro why don't you get to consider ter- talking to a therapist sis i'm pushing them that way and i push black people to see black therapists because we do therapy different with our own people and that's just my recommendation and if there's and if uh, i believe that when it comes to therapy you you got to ensure your therapist is aligned to your value system so for me that's always my recommendation to start with at least a therapist that looks like you.
0: Yeah. And, you know, and he is telling the truth because he was like the final straw before I started seeing a therapist. And I had reached out to him and I was talking to him and he said, bro, you need to see a therapist. He told me that. And, you know, at first it it felt weird for me to hear that, even though I was already considering doing it. It did feel weird for me to even hear that because again, it's almost like someone is c- confirming what you're thinking that you don't want to hear or that you don't want to believe. So I love that about you, Dr. Fields, that you, you know, you're brutally honest with people and you, you know, I know it, w- it worked for me. So we have a question for you though. Okay. Yeah.
1: But I hey. do want to say something real quick while you're getting the question together, Lori Varet. She wrote, being strong doesn't mean you're okay. And I'm not going to read the comments out there, but I really appreciate that comment and respect it because it aligns exactly to what I'm saying. So Lori, keep it up.
0: (laughs) Hey, and and Lori is a faithful uh, watcher of the Uh, show. So yeah, thank you, Lori, for that. (laughs) So Dr. Fields, Yolanda has a question for you. And her question is, how did you narrow down your area, area of specialty or as a therapist?
1: So to be honest, it was initially I did macro and I did macro, which is um I'm I'm not sure if Yolanda's a therapist, but if she's oh, she'll understand what I'm saying when I say macro. But she's for those who may not be, okay, so she definitely understands, but I'm gonna still break it down for people who may not be therapists. Uh, macro is more organizational. So initially I did. I did macro, and that was really because it aligned to what I already was doing for employment as the chief integrity officer as the executive within my organization. So I was able to combine my love for mental health services with what I did. But as I grew, I decided I wanted to work with black men, young adolescent men, or couples. It was just what hit me of sorts. So for me, my recommendation always to therapists is doing what you would enjoy if you can, if you have that ability to do that, because we all have to pay our bills. But if you can, how does it align with your spirit, your energy? What is going to not exhaust you? What would you be open to hearing on a regular basis as a therapist and not be just worn out? If child child services is not your thing because it would just be too much for you thinking about children being heard and all of that you shouldn't do that because you're not going to have a love for and it's going to feel exhausting and you're not going to love being a therapist because it feels too much like work and less about probably why you originally wanted to go into the profession. So those are my recommendations. I tell everybody, we have to be at work too many hours to not try to select something that gives you joy. And I really feel blessed. And I say this proudly. I worked for DC government for 25 years and I loved my jobs. I had 12 different positions. I loved them. And I, because I set myself up, I said I'm not going to work somewhere where I'm miserable. I'm just not. You at work eight to ten hours a day. That eight-hour thing is some joke in most cases. Most places you're there ten hours, especially pre-COVID. You need to get some joy from it. That doesn't mean it was utopian and I was just bouncing around with flowers and butterflies. But and it was very hard work but it was enjoyable work and it was gratifying work. And those are the things that I look for when I'm selecting an organization to align myself with because many of us do have choices. You know, so you when you have choices, you get to interview the company too and decide, do they align with your energy? Don't just take on a job because they offer you blase, blase as a paycheck because it might feel like a whole lot less if they're getting on your nerves every day.
0: Wow. So what if someone is actually doing their specialty? I mean, and what they are passionate about, but they are just they reach that place of exhaustion. You know, they mm-hmm. are what do what do you encourage them to do if they are doing what they love, but they just before feel like before I
1: could answer that, I'd have to know what have they been doing on a daily basis basis to ensure that they are. Providing their with a relief of sorts from it like are they exercising are they meditating are they eating healthy were they allowing yourself to take their, their vacations you know so it's a lot that goes into answering a question like that because I have to understand the person like there's people who work their into exhaustion like you, you look at their vacation hours and they got enough that they could take off six months because they believe that the organization can't exist if they take off one week you know, and they never put their phone down. They can't even have a dinner with their friends because so-and-so client's calling or the the supervisor may ping them and you have to give yourself what I call professional courtesy. You have to have the ability to push back and say, this is my time and dedicate that time to your own mental health and things that give you enjoyment. And that's just my recommendation. I'm not sure I fully answered the question because it's a really hard question to answer right. without talking to that specific person. And then what I always suggest is let's draw a pie because I need to see that a quarter of that pie is actually about you. So, wow. and so it's a lot more difficult than just coming.
0: Can you hear us Dr. Fields? We can't hear you. Let's see here. Is hey, saying hey, your mic you hear me now? Yes, I'm we can sorry. hear you now. Sorry we about can that. Hear you
1: But pods died, my apologies. And it did something crazy with the computer. But it happens.
0: It happens on here all the time. So we used to it. So, yeah. So we have another question for you. And this is from the Daisy Mae Rutabaga show. And it says, how long did it take you to write the book from? Go
1: ahead. I'm sorry.
0: Ideas to finish.
1: Okay. yeah. So I actually wrote the book in four months during COVID when we you know, we all had a lot more time than we normally do, it was when we were on 100% quarantine in D.C., when you could not do anything but go to the grocery store and it, you could go out and ride your bike as long as you stayed within a certain... D.C. was very serious about quarantining. And um, so I wrote it then. I kind of knew the idea behind it because initially I was going to write the book with a friend of mine who's a very good friend of mine to this day, but we couldn't connect on ideas around the book so I said you know what I'll write my own book you write your own book and we'll come together and write a book together she's a really good friend of mine and she's also a therapist um and um so I wrote the book it took four months to write the book to actually get the book to um illustrate it edited all that stuff took almost a year Because it takes time to find the right illustrator that matches, that kind of can bring your ideas to page for you and make it look what you imagine it to look like, which is really hard. So um, all of that took time. And it's so total thing took about a year. But like I said, I wrote it during COVID. So I was working virtually for a year and a half. So it gave me a lot more time to actually work on my book.
0: Wow. And it is evident the marriage that you and Taisha, and they're not physically married, but give merit and creativity. There was a marriage and a union there because she definitely portrays the storyline of it. I mean, the characters, and like I said, just the illustration is beautiful. And I love art. And when I um, read the book and I looked at it, it's just, like I said, it's just a beautiful piece. It's just a beautiful piece when you really look at it. So was that hard finding that illustrator that actually could bring your work to life on paper or in art
1: i think i'm probably more picky than most so um and i just oh will absolutely God. put that out there
0: yeah <laughs> he's picky
1: i kind of knew what i wanted at the same time i can't draw at all so um, i was a little bit picky but it, i went through like five different illustrators and finally she drew some stuff because i would ask them each to draw something i would pick a page and say draw this imagine it for me and i've kind of telling what i pictured and she did it like and i wanted it to be vibrant and And she just brought it all to life for me it was just amazing because i actually met her on instagram so it was just amazing yeah how it worked and never seen never been in the same room with her um only did everything virtually so it's just amazing how it all came together yeah wow
0: so, and then let me ask you this here. So when writing this book that requires illustration and so forth, how important is it for you to have a vision of what you want to see? Because some people can just amazingly just write, but then when it comes to actually visualizing what they want to see, they struggle with that. Do you think they go hand in hand or?
1: I think there's, it's no one way. I think that you could, Write a book and definitely get with an illustrator who brings it to life. I mean, it happens every day, like when you see these collaborations of poets and artists, and it's amazing, you know. And I'm, I'm pretty sure the poet is not telling the artist what to do, but for me, I needed to book to hundred. Percent reflect who i am and what i wanted it to be it would have been easy to just let her illustrate she's an artist but i was very clear kind of what i wanted on every page i was like i want them at the desk i want this happening i want the book back to show a lot of things were very intentional so um i walked her through what i pictured and she was very patient with that which was a blessing too because she was very open to that and actually it was her preference that i tell her kind of how i pictured the pages looking and she took a lot of notes copious notes and it was amazing to me when she gave me the first draft of the actual um illustrations i was like wow i it couldn't it's like if i could actually draw this would have been exactly what i would have wanted so um yes i'm I, i'm very appreciative of her and pray that she'll continue this journey with me as we do the rest of the books that will be part of the series the next yeah books
0: be- are- Cause it's evident the, you guys mesh very well. I mean, it's like, like I said, when I looked at it and I read it, it's just, it's beautiful, man. That's all I can say. That's the only way. Yeah. That's all I can say. So we got another question for you and it says, what questions should you ask when looking for a therapist?
1: Hmm. Well, I think it depends on what you want. Um, if you want black, email, MSW, um, or LC, M- LCSW. You should say that. If I want black male, da 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 da. I think those are the crunch. But what you'll find is now, which is really really helpful, um, when you start looking for therapists, most of them have like at least a paragraph or two that explains how they like what they believe in theoretically. You know how they operate. If it's a cognitive therapy versus another type of therapy, so it's a lot that you can find out just when you google them and if there's um whether they be in private practice or part of another agency they're going to always have a little background on themselves but you should be okay with going to therapy at least your first session because you don't want to be jumping therapists and realizing that this is to figure out if the energies connect the first one and most I haven't met any therapists that would be uncomfortable with that. If you were like, you know, I want to first, you know, it's my first time with you, I want to make sure it feels like our energies connect. But you also can't run from therapists because you might not be hearing what you want. But you can do a lot, a lot, a lot of research on therapists if you just like Google them. Um, and generally, they're going to have something written because therapists are also trying to sell themselves to the client and and they also One alignment too, as make sure that they're going to give you what you would be looking for. So do, do, do research on your own. And even if you call your provider, your insurance provider, and they send you that book that they normally do that lists tons of therapists, a lot of times now it's by the type of therapy you want. Then you just go ahead and Google that person or look at the agency they work for. And there's always some type of biographical information on the actual therapist, from their licensure to generally how they operate as a therapist.
0: Okay. And now that we are in, um, you know, post COVID and a lot of things are more virtual now and people are seeing therapists that are not even in the same city as they are or the same state that they are. Do you well, that's, think that's a whole other
1: story, but okay.
0: And be- that's what I was.
1: Your licensure does not allow you to practice across states generally. So someone's seeing you and they live in DC and um, you're in L.A., it should be because you really live in D.C., but you're traveling to L.A. You know, most licensure is all licensure is no most licensure is specific to your jurisdiction. Even teletherapy doesn't generally allow you just to be jumping around the country doing therapy. It's different if you're doing support in a macro level to an organization or you're going in and teaching practices at a large group setting or something. But one one on one therapy generally um has to be done you are licensed for that state you're not licensed mm. for the war. you know like i have a dc and maryland license if that was the case i wouldn't have to pay two licensures and dc is literally 0. 0.1 0. 0.3 miles from my home i live in maryland but i still have to have dc licensure to practice in dc
0: yes Wow. Wow. And well, do you think like um if you're in the same state as your therapist or even in the same city, do you think in-person therapy is like more effective or is it just the same whether you're doing tele or in-person?
1: I think that depends on the individual. I think it's just like school. There's people who excel. At online schools and academia is academia, even though people sometimes will try to discount online schooling, people have to do what works for them based on their schedule. So I respect all types of education. And I think it's similar to therapy that one that could be your style and that can be what would work best for you, because you may need to go go get your kids after work. Take them home, get them settled, and then you can find a quiet place to do therapy. I do say that no matter which setting you select, make sure that it's your time, that you've dedicated that for you. Don't try to do therapy and your significant others running in and out of the room. Don't try to do therapy and your children don't know that this is mommy or daddy's time and For 45 minutes I have to leave them alone You have to be selfish with that time And I tell people all the time There's nothing wrong with being a little bit selfish Because selfish will actually be healing For you and allow you to grow Um, So that's all I say I'm not going to be a proponent for either My sister's a licensed nurse practitioner She sees patients virtually She sees patients in person I think there can be a benefit to all things And so I don't Advocate for either necessarily But go with your style or your schedule and it might not even be style it just can be your ability that if you were to try to drive across town park go see the therapist drive back home that's four hours of your day versus you can go home and sit in your quiet space and still receive the therapy
0: wow wow so we got another question for you dr fields uh when will the series be completed So
1: (laughs) the second book is already written, which is Jamal the Dancer. Um, The rest of the books have to come to me, to be very honest. I have not written book three yet because the energy for two was like there. And like I knew what I wanted Jamal to do and all of that. I have I have a slight writer's block right now. So I haven't written three, but I wouldn't put three out to two. So They all are like coming out. So the plan is to have three out by February. So it's totally written. It just needs to be um, the illustration needs to be finalized and then it will hit the stores.
0: Wow. 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 Okay. And, and are you excited about that? Did you of from course. the beginning? Yeah. Nice. Nice. That is awesome, man. Absolutely. That is awesome.
1: Jamal so, the dance. Um, written about a good friend of mine he actually um, is Jamal in the book Jamal is a dancer Jamal is a good friend of mine who dances with um, Alvin Ailey he's a dancer and all that you go through as a black young man who loves dance but it ended up where he is now he um, 10 years as an Alvin Ailey dancer which is the premier dance group for black men for black persons I should say black male or female so it's kind of written about him and you know bullying that can happen when you're a child and you're a boy you're male and you're saying I love to do ballet you know so all some of the things he went through and it's always all my books will end with a happy place but it's real it's and it's some kid will relate to that there's some little boy right now who wants to dance and being told that that's for girls so um, I'm hoping that the book will touch somebody's spirit
0: yeah yeah, yeah. So let's get to one other thing that you you and I spoke about, well, that you share with me, equity and diversity. That's something else, a specialty of yours and something that you're super passionate about. So tell us a little bit about that.
1: So the big thing for me is, and you and I were talking about this a little bit the other day, is ensuring from an equity perspective that all things are equal. And that doesn't mean that a division of services is equal. There are some children or some adults that deserve more just by where they started. So what I do is go into specifically schools and look at the demographics across the building. And you may have student A who comes from a family that whether well, people believe it or not, don't have a computer in their home. There's lots of com- families that just cannot afford a computer and cannot afford a computer hookup. And there may be another student in the building that comes from a family where they got five computers in the c- home, and dad's a lawyer and mom's a doctor. So, what I talk to schools about and not just talking about, get them to do is provide student A with a computer, get the school system to pay for the internet. Now they're at an equal playing ground. So when teacher C says, this is the homework for the evening, both of them can do it. So that's what I mean when I say equity, because people hear the word equity and the first thing they hear is equal. Equity does not mean equal. Mm -hmm. There's a lot, a lot of people that deserve more. And when I talk about diversity, I talk about everything from the color of your skin to your sexual orientation and ensuring that everyone feels valued, respected and equal. And also going back to equity, or have a fair playing field when it comes to that. You know, I talk to schools about things like you can no longer write um, to mom and dad because John might have two dads. You can no longer say, you have to say to the parents of Johnny because you don't know what the parents of Johnny look like. And we want to be respectful and we want it to be inclusive and we want everybody to feel like they have a place at the table. If you send home something to a, uh, let's say Johnny has two um um, mothers, and you sent home to the dad of John, well, mom, they're like, should we go? Because we weren't invited technically. And, and they'll probably show up, but they don't feel as comfortable versus if you send, just make it a practice to send home to the parents of John. Because no matter what, they're the parents. It could be the grandparents. It could be the aunties because a lot of kids are in kinship care. So a lot of it's just how we, the practice, excuse me, I'm sorry, there's something in my eye, the practices that we do and ensuring that, we make everyone feel valued, respected, and like it's, and part of the game.
0: Wow. So, you know, everyone is not all into the whole inclusive thing. You know, there are some people that still are closed mind to it or, and or I'm not going to say closed mind. Maybe they just haven't um, been properly exposed to it in a way in which they can receive it. Do you ever face any resistance when these are, you know, Lessons that you're teaching and ideas that you're sharing. Do you ever find any, you know, experiencing resistance from anyone? So I
1: think there's two conversations to be had there. The first is if you're in your own space and your home, your yard, your whatever, you don't have to like anything. You can not accept, not alike. Taking the conversation full circle, as I said, you, you hopefully will be a decent person about it, but you don't have to agree with it. But when you're in the workspace, you don't get that. You don't get that luxury. That's what I go in and talk about. When I was the chief integrity officer, you didn't have the right to sit around and talk about what you don't like. And I'm not going to name any specific group. We have lots of intelligent adults here. They know some of the conversations that people have that are totally inappropriate. My role was to go in and remind you that you could lose your job behind stuff like that. And I'd give you a chance initially because I'm going to educate you on how that could be offensive because maybe you thought it wasn't offensive. I'm going to always work from a place of grace. Maybe you didn't understand that that could be Someone might be offended by that. But by your second chance, it's a little bit too late. So those are the luxuries that you have. In a workplace, you don't get the luxury. You don't get to decide what I don't like and I'm gonna and I'm gonna talk about so-and-so sexuality or say something to, that could be offensive to a person of color or a person of non-color, because there are things that are offensive to everybody. So mm-hmm. there's the difference. I'll never infringe on personally what I say in somebody's personal life. Like I said, when I got started this, you don't have to like everything. You don't have to accept everything, but you hopefully – Will not put so much energy into making other people miserable. But I can't, I personally don't have the bandwidth because i rather focus on those who want to be good people, to focus on people who want to spend their time being miserable and figuring out things they don't like about someone who does not live with them. So for me, there's too many other people that truly want to be better humans, truly want to learn about different groups that they may not be a part of and honestly acts intelligent loving questions from a place of I really don't know. And I love that. I don't think there's any bad question. I think you have the right to ask because you may not understand, but they truly want to know. And I talk to people all the time who have sat through sessions and learned things like, "Well, I didn't know that, da-da-da. And they become advocates because people move from wanting to be educated sometime to educating other people. They're like, oh, you're wrong on that because now they become the expert, which is amazing and it's funny and it makes me smile because, but in a very nice way because, it's you see the work happening. But no. I'm going to focus on those who actually want to know those who want to. I don't have time for those folks who they just want to be miserable. Some people that is their happy place. And we have to accept that some people happy place is a place of misery. So in some ways you have to let them enjoy it.
0: Yeah. Wow. And because I've experienced that, you know, those conversations you have, I really, really feel for the people after you've already educated them on something. And then you have to come back and have that second conversation with them. <laughs> I feel for them. That's probably not a good spot to be because he's getting paid. to. <laughs> it
1: definitely wasn't. I will honestly say that.
0: <laughs> wow. So we have another question for you Art. Dr. Phil, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. So what inspires you, keeps you motivated to continue sharing your gifts? I think that's an amazing thing.
1: I'm constantly, amazing. honestly, so inspired by my friends and family. Um I just have so many amazing friends and family, and they consistently, I guess they big me up all the time. <laughs> and uh, I, and also just watching the work in action, just like when you see the results of your work, you're like, you know what, this is needed. I have to continue to do that. So for me, that's a big thing for me too. like actually knowing that what I did changed someone's actions, lives, goals, whatever it may be, because I do a lot of different things with different people. So for me, that is very inspiring. But, but my friends also, my friends give me the energy to do it. My family gives me the energy to do it because it can be um, t- exhausting sometimes. You know, it's a lot of work you, and you pour a lot of yourself into the work. So um, that can be draining.
0: Yeah. So, it, I mean, I mean, and I say it all the time, who you surround yourself with is so important. A lot of people don't understand that, but that is like extremely important because especially if you are a giver and you're constantly giving and you're constantly pouring out, you need those people that are going to push and continue to encourage you along the way. So yeah, that is so 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 important. So so Dr. Fields, when or where can everybody find you? Um
1: on social media is on the IG it is um Art of Style 1906, or they can hit me up on on email at drart1906 at gmail.com. Thanks for putting that up there for me, make my life a lot easier. I appreciate What is that that.
0: 906 foolishness? What is that?
1: Play with me. Do not play with me. Do not play (laughs) with me. Somebody's like,
0: he was born in 1906.
1: (laughs) You do not want the bros to attack you. You better be nice. I'll tell you right now. What is this 1906? you got to stop playing with me. A hey, 5 All oh, my brothers out there, you got to stop playing with me. Come on now.
0: Okay. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. There, no lie. This season has been, like, filled with alphas. I mean, it's a of lot of alphas have been on here.
1: You either want greatness or you don't. <laughs> <laughs> you have a decision to make every day. You, you, you get to choose, you know, what you want. <laughs> <Nah>. Wow, wow. <laughs> about that a lot but I have respect for um, the brothers and all the frats and the, I love the women that are in all the sororities. it's all black excellence it's fun to joke about it but I actually am very respectful and love meeting bros and collaborating with them across the pan hell and figuring out how we can continue to work together just to make all of our people better
0: Right. And Dr. Phil, so tell us this here, because, you know, you can get your book on Amazon and other places, but to get that signed copy from you, I mean, because I think people do not get that. That is one of the most beautiful things you could ever get when you purchase a book. And that's the author's signature in that. So where can they get that? a copy with yes, your so signature. Anybody
1: who would like to get the sign, and it's not just my signature, I, I will address it to whoever you like it to. And I generally write something, especially if it's like a young male or a young female, some something that speaks to greatness and you know, they're descending from... I know royalty. So um, but if you'd like to get an autographed copy, which is what i like to call it, because um, I don't just sign my name. You can email me and then we'll work out the um, financial arrangements and I will I will send it off to you. It generally takes about four days, no matter where you live at, to get you the book.
0: Wow. And people, I'm not just saying this because Dr. Fields is on the podcast, but the book is definitely something that you need. Um, is something that will open your eyes. It's very lighthearted, you know, and you don't have to be someone who is a reader to enjoy this book. I mean, it's a quick read. If you're an outdoor, you can probably finish this book in less than an hour. Well, you can finish it in less than an hour. Oh, yeah. It's a very quick read and it's like really lighthearted. So definitely reach out if you don't want to um. If you don't, if you want to get it quicker or if you just want to go online or whatever, go to Amazon or where else can they find it, Dr. Fields?
1: Right now, just Amazon. I took it off Barnes & Noble. So it's on Amazon or either through me.
0: Yes. Okay, but we would prefer you get it from Dr. Uh, Fields firsthand so you can have this autograph and so forth. And then just like I said, have that personal experience with it. So get it from Dr. Uh, Fields. His uh, email address is up on the screen. And Dr. Fields, before we go, because you're like a vibe on your own. You're like a vibe. I mean, when you guys go look at this guy's page, you're going to see what I'm talking about. He's like a vibe. You can just every when every time he posts it's like you can feel the energy coming through your phone because he is a vibe by itself so how, what would you say to someone who's trying to find their vibe you know they may not know exactly what they that is have
1: Vibe. They just don't know it. That's all. They have their vibe. Everybody's a vibe vibe is about who you are. Don't let anybody ever tell you not a vibe. Your vibe could be nerve vibe. You're, you could be a nerd, but that's still a vibe. Nerds are sexy. So it could be like your vibe is you don't think your vibe got to be turned up. You know, that's their vibe. Yours, yours could be a bacon vibe. You could be the baker of bakers, but you, you put your thing on it. So whatever it is, it is your vibe. So um, there's no way of defining vibe. You know, if you decide it's a vibe, you put your signature on it, it is what it is.
0: Yeah. And I tell you guys, when you go out and look at Dr. Field's page, I, I just got to go back and keep going back to that. But you are, you would definitely live, I mean, leave there inspired because this guy, he's doing it, you know, and he's not just someone that you see on Instagram that's posting these pictures. He is what he is. So, Ah, uh, someone I'll ask, "Can you pre-order your second book?"
1: No, not yet. No. but um, please stay in touch. and um um, if you follow me, I'm always gonna post my stuff about my books, and you'll know when it's first coming out, excuse me, and you'll be the first invited to to get the book, actually. And if anyone um wants me to come to their city and do a book sign and let me know, and I gladly would do that too.
0: Absolutely. Awesome. And when that second book come out, we're going to have Dr. Fields back on it. And I'm going to purchase five of those books and give them away that night. So if you come back, we're going to, have, well, he's not, if, when he comes back and you come back and you watch that, we will make sure that, you know, these books, because like I said, just reading has inspired me and it's a beautiful piece. So guys, that's it. We are out of here. Make sure you tune in next Monday at 7 p.m. And yeah, that is it. So thank you, Dr. Fields, for being here tonight and changing amazing.
1: so much fun. I appreciate it, man. Definitely.
0: Yes, sir. Thank you. And everybody, we will see you next week. Peace. <laughs>